Blog Talk Radio. Here in this life, here in this life, you gotta do something. Don't settle for nothing. Let's go. 
Peace, peace, everybody. Once again, you're tuned in to another show of Masterminds with Brother Shem L. Of course, I am Shem L, your host for tonight's show. And the title of this show is Wiser But Weaker, The Pros and Cons of Being Woke. And on this episode, we will discuss the current state of those in the what we call the conscious community, um, and its metaphysical consequences, uh, meaning uh, what's been perpetually happening within um, the conscious community. Some of the things we will discuss are, does being woke make you righteous? Has consciousness become a new religion? Why is there so much infighting among different groups slash movements? What is intellectual masturbation? Have debates in the conscious community been a help or a hindrance to us? Why is there so much inconstancy among people who are woke? Will the different conscious movements ever unite? And much, much more. We will touch on the metaphysical aspects of Chapter 42 of the Circle 7, as well as other spiritual writings. This topic, of course, will be of interest to many, regardless of your religious or ideological background. And with that, um, definitely I thank each and every one of you uh, for tuning in. I know that there's a lot of people who um, it's been brought to my knowledge who tune in at the show um, after it's been re- they listen to the playback. And I did notice that our last show, um, Chemistry of Life, Ministry of Death, um, received a huge amount of um, listens um, this week. So I'm definitely grateful and thank each and every one of you for tuning in on the show. Um, and before I continue, definitely want to um, give all gratitude and thanks, um, beginning in the name of the Most High. I want to give high honors to all of the uh, great master teachers who come before us, whether you call them prophets, messiahs, ETC, um, brothers and sisters, men and women who have came and delivered a message of, of light to us and knowledge to us. Also, I uh, want to give honors to my home temple, Morris Science Temple of America, here in Durham, North Carolina, and all of my um, Morris American family here, as well as abroad. I want to give honors to... Um, First World Order Radio, of course, my brother, Dr. Aleem El Bay, and his other half, Kadir El Bay, um, who opened up their platform for me. Uh, continued thanks. Um, seen him this past Sunday. Um, I'll speak about that shortly. Um, honest to the extended family of First World Order Radio, um, Brother Blackwater, Brother Jamal, Brother Fahim El. And again, give honors to also give honors to um, brothers and allies. Man, give honors to each and every one of you for being on this call. Um, I just want to touch on some key points before we get into the meat of the show. Um, first, I again um, discussed about this past event that took place in Durham, North Carolina, um, this past Sunday that just passed. It was called Know Thyself. I I spoke about it last show. It was definitely a good turnout. Um, Dr. Aline 
did what he always does, which is drop that heavy knowledge on him. It was good to see him and his other half there. Got to see a um, good show of people, some moors from all over, and that was good. Um, me and the missus came out there and showed our support. I also did some vending there, um, which is going to bring me to another subject. A lot of people liked the shirts that I had out there, um, Love, True, Peace, Freedom, and Justice shirts. Um, I, had a, I had a whole variety of shirts, my Marcus Garvey shirts, et cetera, and also the DVDs of the lectures that I have that seem to be very um, very popular as well. You can get those um, if you're listening in, if you're interested in getting any of the, um, my material, whether it be my DVDs, my lectures, uh, the T-shirts. I also have a line of uh, posters as well, uh, Golden Age of the Moors, Moabitis of a Maxim, um, Noble Drali posters, Marcus Garvin posters, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you can currently contact me via Facebook or email. Uh, my email address is shem45, that's S-H-E-M-4-5 at hotmail.com, and I can shoot you the link um, where you can place your order. Coming soon uh, will be my website, sheml.com. Um, it's in the building stages right now. We'll be coming shortly. I'll have all that available, plus much, much more. Um, also, there will be an upcoming event next month, um, November 10th, if I'm not mistaken. I believe that's on a Saturday in Wilson, North Carolina. I'll be presenting as well as Dr. Lemel Bay. That is also called Know Thyself. I'm honest to my brother down there, uh, Messiah L., him and his family, his beautiful family down there. Um, I first linked up with him at the healing and Law Expo um, that Dr. Elim had, we linked up. And this is actually something that he does often down there in Wilson. So I've been invited to do a presentation. I'll be doing one there as well as a host of others. Uh, let me see. Anything else I'm going to touch on before I uh, get back to get to the subject? Oh, yeah, I want to make um, a correction, you know, um, it's always good to, you know, you know, be humble and actually, you know, know when correction. And I'm not above that. So it came to my attention that in the last show, I mentioned something about um, the elements as it pertains to the attributes. And I made a statement about there being 99 natural elements. Um and, again, no one told me this. This was just something I was just going ahead and doing just some research on another subject came to my attention that it's not 99 natural elements. It's 94 natural elements. So I stand corrected on it. I'm not above correction. Um, now, that doesn't mean that the way it works is that there are natural elements such as plutonium, um, that were initially discovered through synthetic um, means, but it was found later to be found naturally. Um, so with that being said, because knowledge is always changing, at this point in time, as it stands in chemistry, there is there is 99 natural elements that are known in the universe. So I just want to put that out there. Again, 
I'd rather I say that and put that out there to let it be known that, okay, I had to be corrected on that. And, again, I'm only human. So with that being said, I am going to bring in um, my co-host, Sister Wilhelmina Bay, um, Assistant Grand Chicas of the Temple here in Durham, North Carolina. Islam. How are you? How are you doing this evening? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Good, good, good. Um, so we had an, another um, guest that was expected to come in. Actually, our brother, um, Sheikh Seven Islam L, I had invited him to come on. He hasn't appeared on the board yet, um, so he may come a little later. But nonetheless, we're going to go ahead and continue on with the show. So we're just going to discuss um, basically the the reason pretty much for this show, what, it, what pretty much inspired me to go and talk on this subject. Uh, this is something I, I've been wanting to talk about for quite some time, and it was a series of things that came to my attention through this past week that made me want to really go into this topic. Now, the, the title, Wiser But Weaker, um, that is a common phrase that is um, said um, in the Christian community. Um, and basically, matter of fact, I recall that my father would tell me that uh, when I first came into uh, what we call consciousness, I would debate a lot. And I would, my father was the main target. He he was a, Christ, a deacon in the church. So, you know, we go back and forth. And one of the things I used to love to do is go through Bible verses because I just knew I knew all the Bible verses better than he did and all of that. So I was pretty sharp back then in my younger days. So we go back and forth, and he would run this line on me. He said, uh, you know, son, um, it says in the Bible that, you know, the new generation would be wiser but weaker. And he would love to run that line on me. And the interesting thing about it is while it sounds it, it sounds powerful, it sounds like, you know, like you hit me with one. That's not that statement, wiser but weaker, or weaker but wiser, is nowhere in the Bible. Um, now it's said that it they give it comes from certain verses, uh, maybe in Daniel or some some other verses as well. But there's no actual verse. There's no actual verse in the Bible that uses that phrase at all. Um, But nonetheless, it does speak to um, a particular mindset. And so I thought about that and how that relates to today in this time. Um, So I wanted to kind of touch on that in reference to the wiser but weaker because we all talk about being woke, you know, now it's not I'm conscious, it's I'm woke, you know, that's the new phrase. Um, Like, for example, uh, the latest thing was Waka Flocka uh, being on 
radio shows, you know, saying, I'm woke, you know, I'm not, don't call me black, I'm not black, you know, I'm Native, I'm indigenous to this country, I'm woke, my eyes are open. Um, who else? The rapper My Son always talk about he's woke. Um, you have a song out there by Childish Gambino, I Stay Woke. You know what I'm saying? They had a documentary. What's interesting, I heard it, uh, that actually was the song in the introduction, the first song you heard when you saw the movie Get Out. Um, it was playing that song, and then it kind of got popular after that. And now you can hear it on late-night rotation during the slow jams. So people are making babies to that song, literally. So the term stay woke is now the recurring theme. They had the BET documentary, Stay Woke. They tried to attach that to the Black Lives Matter movement. A whole host of things about being woke or being conscious. So that seems to be a trending thing now. But what does it actually mean to be woke? And the first question that's asked um, was asked in the description is, does woke being woke make you righteous? Because being conscious or being woke just means that you're aware. You know, consciousness is an awareness that you are aware of. And being aware of something um, is not necessarily um, – knowing the solution of it or having the solution or solving the problem at hand. It's just you know it. You know, it's like you're in the neighborhood and you know that they're selling drugs. You're conscious of it. You're aware of it. But are the, are the drugs still being sold? You follow? That's it. It's just that for that reason. Now, we know um, particularly in in this context, we're talking about Knowledge of self, you know, knowing, um, knowing things that are not commonly taught to us in the society um, usually has to deal with some sort of history of our past, of our identity, of or what's going on in society. Um, so, I want to put that in context with. Chapter um, 42 of the Circle 7, and I'm actually going to talk on a couple of other uh, records as well um, because that actual chapter is known as the chapter on weakness. That's what it's titled. So I'm just going to touch on that. I'm going to read the first two verses and then... um, uh, Sister Wilhelmina, if you give some insight on it, your input on it. It says, Vain and inconstant as thou art, O children of imperfection, how canst thou be weak? Is not inconstancy connected with frailty? Can there be vanity without infirmity? Avoid the danger of the one, and thou shalt escape the mischiefs of the other. Wherein art thou most weak, in that wherein thou seemest most strong, in that wherein most thou glorious, even in possessing the things which thou hast in using the good that is about thee. So just in those two verses, and this actually this chapter actually has twenty three verses that really goes into it, 
but just those two verses alone from an um, actual deeper spiritual perspective when it says it's, it speaks about wherein are you most weak in that where you seem most strong, right, and in that which you glorify the most, you're basically saying that in context with being woke, like we seem to be, to look ourselves as being strong in our state of consciousness, meaning when we get this, it, it's like it feels like now that your eyes are open, you know, you got a grip on what's really going on, you know, you know, in comparison to the rest of the people. We like to call them sheep. You know, they're sleeping. They, you know, they, they're just blind to what's going on. But in that, that is the weakness because mm-hmm. you glorify it. You know, you're glorifying the, the, the idea of you having this knowledge, you know, that you put up so high. And it only feeds your ego. So that touches to a whole other aspect of the ego. So you seem most you seem to be strongest in your consciousness, but it actually becomes your weakness. And and it goes into your weakness into a whole other story about where we feel that we know more than the other person, um, we argue, we debate or do other things in the context and um I'm gonna go into that a little more, but I I just before I do that uh, Sister Wilhelmina, if you'd like to, you know, speak, speak your measure of understanding on those two verses. So my measure of understanding on those two verses, meaning um, as far as being woke or having knowledge, I think it depends on the person's moral character. So if you're dealing with someone that has this knowledge, but, you know, they ain't got no morals, Having the knowledge, they may feel like there's someone or, you know, feel empowered, but at the same time, they're not really empowered because they don't challenge the European when the European may say or do something. They're quick to challenge their own, you know, and they're quick to come out and say, hey, I'm not sheep, but, you know, I know this, I know that, but when they're in front of a European, they they collapse, so to speak. They're, they're not that strong. So I think it, it depends on a multitude of things, the person's character, their upbringing, what they're willing to do with the knowledge that they learn. Do they believe in what they learn? You know, are they open to hearing other opinions, because that's another thing. Everybody has a little piece of the information, you know, and, every, you know, some people think that they know more than the other. And when there's dialogue, you know, some Indeed. people may, Indeed. yeah, some people may want to show that they know more when they're around their own people, but when they get in front of someone else and it's time for them to step up, they may not want to. So it depends on the person. It depends on the person. Right. With this, Absolutely. Yeah with, this, yeah, with this scripture about being an inconstant, you know, it's one thing to have the knowledge. The thing is, what are you going to do about it? 
And the thing is, if you're selfish, you know, you're only going to think, be thinking of yourself. And the ultimate goal is to think about the collective and not think about yourself. And that's a problem, you know, within our community. Because, you know, most people are thinking about themselves, how they're going to make money, how they're going to do this, how they're going to do that, you know. The ultimate goal is to not think of self, but focus on the bigger picture, the collective of what the creator wants. Absolutely. <laughs> and um and you, you mentioned a couple of things. One of the things you mentioned was about the character. Um yes. I was having a conversation, um matter of fact, I was having a conversation with our brand sheet earlier this week, and one of the things I, I mentioned is that you have people in this movement, and, you know, and when we say in this movement, I, I'm using general aspects of those who say they're conscious. Now, we know we have the Moors, we have um, we have Hebrews, Hebrew Israelites, we have the uh, Kemetic uh, brothers and sisters, the Wapians, Papacenters, Nation of Islam, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm using the general aspect of those who say they're conscious. So in that, you have people, I was telling them, who have all the intelligence but none of the integrity. Mm -hmm. I'll repeat that. They have all the intelligence but none of the integrity. They have the intelligence, the intellect, and the information, but when it comes to integrity, they lack it. So this goes back to does being woke make you righteous? So you have someone who has a lot of knowledge, and I, I've been in this this way of life, if you haven't, for a long time, and I've seen brothers and sisters who are sharp. I mean, they can spit out a, a Dr. Ben book or whatever off the top of their head. You know, they know all the aspects of the lineage of Kemet, you know, they know different languages. Um, they can give you history like none other, and they're great teachers, you know, and real real charismatic, but their character wasn't right. They were grimy or they had issues. Just It was just, it was just so eye-opening, and I found this out early in life because I came into this young, you know, we, we're talking – when I really got amongst people like me or who I thought were like me, I'm like 17, 17, 18 years old. So, and I'm meeting all types, like, they just really have, an, they have a mindset that um, they're, they can, because they're like this, they can justify intellectually the wickedness that they do. So that's one. Um, another thing is also on top of the aspect of on top of the aspect of um, the the actual um, I should say European um, addressing the European to what I said earlier. People don't address themselves; their inner self. You know, one of the things that it says in the Circle Seven 
is that in chapter 3, it says, if you were to ask me what to study, I would reply yourselves. And we know that that's dealing with the higher self and lower self. So a lot of times you hear people say, I study this, I study that. You know, more is be like study, study, study more. And they'll talk all this studying, but are you studying yourselves? Are you studying your higher and your lower self? And because you haven't even addressed yourself, because I've met people who are, who are um, who would be considered conscious, and they'll battle the European. You know, they'll debate with them. They'll go. To, they they they're more radical than you would think, but they're still not studying themselves. They're not addressing the the weaknesses within themselves. You have mm-hmm. what I'm saying. It, so, regardless of the amount of knowledge or the the amount of courage, as it seems that you would have with facing the enemy, or some people would say banging on the beast. Regardless of that, you know, you're still you're still not addressing the greatest battle, which is the battle within yourself. Um, my brother got on the line, brother Sheik, seven Islam L. Islam, brother. I don't. I think he. I just added I you on. Okay. He might have his phone on mute, but um, he may come in. I, I put his mic on, so whenever he wants to come in, he can definitely chime in. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, just basically in essence, what we have in here is dealing with the aspect of that weakness, that weakness where, you know, like you said, you know that, you're, you have this knowledge, right? But with all this knowledge, you know you're you're acting in a manner which is not noble. Um, and that was one of the that was actually one of the first conversations that I had uh, um, with with my wife. One of the first conversations we really had was in relationship to that, how a person can know something and know all this knowledge and, you know, but they, the way they act is just not, it's just not respectable. Meanwhile, you have people who you would consider to be ignorant or blind, unconscious people who got, who would have morals, you know, higher morals um, than um, anyone else You know they, they carry themselves a certain way my, my father You know he wasn't The most intellectual man You know he didn't know Everything um, But He He had character He was probably one of the most um, in my In my experience The most upright Men Upright person I met just as far as his character, how he, you know, his word was his bond. You know, he mm-hmm. he pretty much was about helping people. Though he didn't say my word is bond, you know, he didn't spit out 5% lessons. You know, he was a straight Christian, but he was groomed with principles. And those principles, you know, that's not something that uh, I should say you can get in a history book not something you can get in a necessarily 
in any sort of lecture per se, and you automatically get it. It can be spoken about, but that has to be, it can't be intellectualized. There has mm-hmm. to be reflection. It has to be something internalized within you in order to um, come to the realization that you have to, you know, be be one with your higher self, you know, tap into that divine, you know, by whatever name you call it, you know, he, but he only, he had a limited understanding of what to call the divine, but mm-hmm. he was, he was still able to tap into that just by who he was, his character, his spirit, his personality um, of who he was. So that that's very important. Um, and oh. brother, brother Sheik, um, seven Islam L. If you're trying to um, chime in, I cannot hear you, brother. I have your mic on. Um, do you hear? Have you heard anything, Sister, Sister Wilhelmina? I can't. I can't hear him at all. Okay. So just letting you know, brother. Um, yeah, your mic is on. Um, but. Like for me, when I was awoken, I wanted to share what I learned with everyone that was around me. And it was like, in the beginning, it, they just took the wind out of my sails because people weren't interested in hearing, at least the people I was talking to. There was no interest or what are you talking about? So it's like it kind of took the wind out of my sails. So. It makes a difference for who you surround yourself with when it comes to being, you know, quote unquote, you know, woken or conscious or having the knowledge. Yes, it definitely does. It, it makes it makes a difference. And what I've come to find out in my journey is that you have to have people who are sincere. You know. Yeah. Because. Just by them being aware doesn't mean that um, they're sincere. Those are, it, it definitely is not one and the same. Um, okay, so my brother had got off and came back. Islam? Islam. I hear you now. Can you hear me? Praise Allah. Praise Allah. Praise Allah. First and foremost, we like to rise, giving all thanks and praises unto Allah, the great God and Father, the universe, almighty, eternal, and incomprehensible, the cause is cause and rootless root for which all things have grown. And I like to extend highest honors to his holy and divinely ordained prophet, Noble Juwali, extend honors to the forerunner, Marcus Mosiah Garvey, and extend honors to all Moorish Americans all over the land, and all and extend honors to the listeners tonight. Islam? Islam. 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 Yes, more so I'm glad you got on. And um so I wanna ask you, we um before you got on, we spoke uh we actually read the first two verses of chapter forty two, uh, which is holy instruct instructions from the prophet weakness. Mm-hmm. And uh we were just demonstrating um in particularly on verse two where said makes a statement wherein are thou most weak in that wherein thou seemest most strong in that wherein most thou glorious even in possessing the things which thou hast in using the good that is about thee 
and uh, we were speaking on the aspect of how some of our people, when they come into the knowledge of become woke, as they say, you know, they they would seem like strong in it. Like it seemed to be that they have something that's special and valuable that others don't have. Yet, you know, in their glorifying of it, you know, it becomes a weakness for them, you know, due to the ego. And I just wanted, uh, that's what, you know, we were speaking on, and I just wanted, you know, to get your your measure on on those first two verses. Well, first and foremost is um, I like to extend honest to my grandmother at this particular point in time because she always told me where I was weakest, I could find my my, my strength. However, in understanding this, we understand that the, the mere act of understanding what your weaknesses are gives you strength because at that particular point in time, you have the ability to make a conscious decision to what? Circumscribe these particular things, right? So right. In, in the act of one's becoming conscious, I have to say being conscious is being awake, right? But but just like when we wake up in the just like when we wake up in the morning, and we re, we return from a state of slumber, just because we're woke doesn't mean that we can materialize. It doesn't mean that you know the reality in which we desire will be materialized. So it takes action, and thought is the cause of all and the intent of the heart. So in a lot of instances, we we become woke, we become conscious, and ones think that that's enough. They think just because I know, just because I know that I'm not a black or Negro or colored, you know, that's enough. No, sir, that's not enough because with not with not with knowing that you're not Negro, black and colored, first and foremost, you have to identify yourself. Then once you identify yourself, you come in contact with the quality or character of that which you were claimed to be. So therefore, that implies action. So with that being said, you know, it is it is a grave misunderstanding. And our people that they feel as though once they know or gain an awareness of a particular thing that the the the, the battle's been won, but sorry to say that is not the reality or the truth of the matter. Indeed, indeed, Islam, definitely, and um, that's that brings me to mind because um, we can, like I said, we can go all throughout this chapter. I, I'm just going to. I'm going to talk on certain things, on certain verses, and we can definitely talk, talk on all of all of the verses on this chapter, as well as some other um, other pieces as well. But I, it reminds me of verse nine, where it says, "Is there anything in which thy weakness appears more than in desiring things? It is in the possessing and in the using of them." Um, and then it says, good things cease to be good in our enjoyment of them. What nature meant pure sweets or sources to bitterness to us from our delights arise pain from our joy sorrow. And then it speaks about being moderate, be moderate in the enjoyment. And it shall remain in thy possession. All right, so when we talk about possessing knowledge, possessing information, you know, we tend to uh, we tend to ravel in it. We tend to enjoy it. Like it becomes a thing of I got this and you don't have it. Um, we've all seen 
you know, this type of back and forth in social media um, where people will, will proclaim a certain thing in terms of knowledge. Like, you, for example, you mentioned about um, those who are consciousness about their identity. And, you know, we mentioned, I mentioned earlier about Brother Waka Flocka um, had got on the radio and said he's not black. You know, don't call him black. He's not a Crayola. Um, he's Native American. Of course, he got the backlash from it from the public. Now, one of the things we know is that, you know, you have this information, and it was something I heard his, his wife say, is that he has a lot of knowledge. He just don't know how to communicate it. You know, mm. so so that's one aspect of this journey because, you know, the Sister Wilhelmina Bay was saying how uh, when she first came into this knowledge, it was hard being around certain people. It was hard to be around them because for you to communicate to them, it was, you know, they, they it was not well received. And one of the things, these are all stages we've all went through all went through, you know, when you first get this information, you know, you want to share it. Then you're um, chastised for it. Then you start to react, you know, um, almost in a hostile manner because you get the, get the knowledge. In other words, it becomes a thing where, oh, man, y'all are dumb. Y'all just don't know, you know what I'm saying? See, the reason why is because y'all sleep. Y'all been, you know, the European been doing this A, A, B, and C to y'all. Then it becomes that demonstration. Then you go through a stage where you're just debating everybody, trying to prove it to them. But in reality, what I've come to um, understand and comprehend throughout my journey, and I'm still learning, is that all of these are aspects of yourself. You know what I'm saying? You're debating these are debates within your own self because the ultimate um, the ultimate realization doesn't have to be debated. It doesn't have to be um, sold to anybody. You don't have to try to convince everybody because really you're trying to convince yourself comfortably to be comfortable in your state because it's not, when you first get into it, you're not in a comfortable state. You're in a state where you are for so, for lack of a better word, alone when you're first into it. Because mo- most of the times when you come into consciousness, you come into a consciousness by yourself, unless you may, you and a friend may read a book or something like that. A lot of times when you get that spark, it happens to you alone. So now you're like, okay, who else knows this? Who am I going to tell this to? And then it, so I, I've met people, <laughs> I've met people, man, who do all this conversation on Facebook and debating on Facebook, for example, and they're lonely. There's some lonely people if you meet them because they, they, right. they do all their communication on social media. They can't, they can't have, you know what I'm saying? They don't have regular conversation. Um, and I'm not going to mention that, but I, I've had people come to me. I've had people come to me. And once they know that, you know, I am who I am in terms of I know something, oh, I'm part of it, I'm part of the Moorish, 
Divine National Movement, the whole conversation is about their perspective on that. We haven't even gotten into a normal, Mm -hmm. casual, (laughs) regular conversation or like, hey, how you doing, man? How's everything out here? But, you know, how's the family? Whatever. You know, anything normal, it becomes that. Like I've I've been bombarded with conversations like that where it's just they hold they hold my ear hostage for an hour talking about what they think I should Perhaps I should true. um may be true exactly what I think they should um what they think I should co-sign <laughs> basically right. they're looking for someone to co-sign what they're about and when you get into when you study yourself, that's what I come to realize, and I'm so thankful that I came into more science because that's the main thing it teaches. I've come to realize that's the main thing it teaches. It teaches many things, but that's the fundamental thing that it teaches is know thyself, to study yourself, your higher self and your lower self. Once you go into that, there's a level of contentment that you don't get from intellectualizing. You don't get that. So um, I just wanted to say, put that out there real quick, and um, and that, that kind of leads into the other question about has consciousness become a new religion? Um, because one of the things that we see is that, you know, through social media, we don't have to name names. We know, we know the players. And someone might say, well, you're one of the players too because you have a blog talk show. But nonetheless, in this realm of social media where people, this information is being disseminated from all different angles, all different houses, groups, movements, et cetera, is that it tends to become um, a box where, you know, some people hold on to the aspect of consciousness as a us versus them type thing, you know. And if, for you to be, you know, for you to really be on, you have to be part of what I'm part of um, type thing. So I know that there has been many people who have been turned off by that. I, You know, just not just looking at social media. I've, I've had conversations with people who I know they could accept the information that has been that is there if it was delivered in a certain manner where it wasn't um, berating or trying to um, bombard somebody with something or trying to force them, um, the pontification, the um, postulizing, all of that stuff that comes with some people who come into this consciousness. Um, So I just like, you know, some you know y'all thoughts on it, Mister um, Wilhelmina. About consciousness becoming a new religion. Yeah, that's one of the questions we, we was um, I was gonna want us to talk about. I would, I wouldn't say it's a religion. Um, well, some people might say that, but I don't. In my opinion, I wouldn't say that's like a religion. It's more so, from my perspective, listening to different people 
being conscious just means, you know, like you said earlier, I'm not a sheep. I know what's going on. But when people say that, some people really do know what's going on. But some people don't. You know what I mean? Right. It's like absolutely they can look they can look at something and say, Oh, you know, they have certain knowledge of certain things. But at the same time, when things get tough, they fall into that trap and they go back in, into their shell, so to speak. So they say they're conscious, but their actions show otherwise. So, in my opinion, I'm and I'll, and, and I'll, I'll be honest enough to say that saying a new religion may not be the most accurate way of, of putting it, what I wanted to say. Um, and this is no, and this is not even a, because I don't want people to get the impression that I'm anti-religion and, you know, that whole thing about religion ain't that I'm not that person. Um, what I wanted to put it in the context, and I, I put it in that because that was the thing that came to my mind, was is are people in consciousness, are a lot of people in consciousness, do they approach consciousness from a context of conversion, uh, mm. meaning to convert them over to their way of thinking, you know, and thus making them having an air of self-righteousness. Um, and my, because that's so, because that's such a broad term, I couldn't put it all in one um, one question like that. So I put it in the way I was. But just to yeah. clarify for the public out there, I'm not saying that consciousness is a new religion. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not being anti-religion. But um, we have to ask ourselves: Does you know? Are there many of our people in this way of life? And this is not everyone. Um, approach it from that standpoint, and um, brother Chief Seven Islam Mill, what, what are your thoughts? Um, first and foremost, the Holy Prophet gave us some first instruction in the Moor Science Symbol of America, Holy Quran, in the front. It says, Know thyself and Allah. Now, within this country community, there's a, there's a catchphrase that a lot of people quote. Indeed. But yes, it's um it says um knowledge of self. But see, knowledge of self is not enough. You have to knowledge you have to have the knowledge for self. And when the knowledge is for yourself, what you do is you apply it in every area of your life. That's why we're taught that Islamism affects every fabric of our life and every fabric of our being. We have a lot of instances where we can intellectualize something, and this is what I call intellectual masturbation. We can intellectualize something, and it seems all well and all. It sounds very great in our head, and it sounds very great coming off our tongue. But yet and still, when we look at the quality of our life and the quality of our conditions and our being, none of it adds up, meaning... We have, let's first say, let's put it in a situation like this. You have ones who, who, who advocate and intellectualize good eating habits. 
However, when you observe their eating habits, their eating habits are very much contrary to what they advocate out their mouths or on their social medias or ETC. So, therefore, the knowledge is of truth, but it's not for self because you're not applying it to self. And what you mean by this religion we have, and I understand exactly what you're saying, and I don't want to be radical, but these, but 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 the con- the, but the context of what I'm saying fits in all areas, in all organizations, or you know, um, what I'll say, uh, forms of religion. You have those who are part of the Moorish paradigm, who they're Moorish on Friday, they're Moorish on Sunday. They dress up in the garbs. They keep the language on their tongue. But yet and still, throughout throughout the other days of creation, you're not who you say you are. So you're an empty car of Krishna, meaning you're, you're very elegantly designed on the outside. Your exterior is very appealing, just like in the old Quran of the Moorish Scientific of America when we taught about the apple that the lower self gives is shiny on the outside, but when you bite it in, it's bitter, and, and it's bitter and possibly poisonous on the inside. So what we have to do is honestly understand that the knowledge is of self should be for self as well. Islam? Islam. Islam, Islam. definitely. But it's Islam, so definitely, and um, I, I, Sister Wilhelmina, I'm the only reason I'm pausing you because we have someone on the um, the question, um, putting up their their hands up. I want to give time for them to come in, and I'm gonna bring you right back. Um, what I'm going to do is this, and and definitely I agree everything with uh what you said, uh, for the Sheik Seven Islam male. I'm gonna let this person come in. And I believe they have a, a question or a comment. And then once that is done, once I let them talk, I'm going to let um, Cheek Seven respond. And then I'm going to bring Sister Wilhelmina in. Um, so, with that, welcome to hey. um, Master Miser, Brother Shamel. You're on the line. G'day. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you. I'm calling to you from the Whitsunday Islands in um, off the northeast coast of Queensland in Australia. And um, there's a bit of a time delay. So if it's okay with you, I'd just like to quickly share what's present for me. Um, and I've been listening to your show and looking at your intention. So I, I'd just quickly like to share what's present for me. And then I'll put the talking stick down. So if I go on for too long, just say something like rabbits because it is your show. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm 65 years old and I've faced my own death probably about a dozen times. And on my inner journey, I've come to certain realizations. Um, I have reclaimed my authentic self. And I believe my two commandments are all are equal and all are unique. And from that platform, um, everything springs forth from that for me. Um, I cannot speak for anybody else. All I have is my own truth, my own story, my own journey. And I know that it is only valid for me. 
um, I share my story in the hope that some of the um, tools I've picked up on, along the way to becoming content will resonate with other people. Um, for me, all religions are about control. Um, the high priests become the parent and the flock became, you know, the flock become what, what it says, the flock, the sheep. Um, I like this one that says you can drive your flock to the library, but you cannot make them read for most of them will simply go in and start chewing on all the books. I don't have anybody's answers. I believe it is everyone's soul life purpose to find their own answers, their own solutions. I've worked as a counselor and and I know that I cannot wake anybody up. You know, um, that is just a personal thing. Um, but um, through my own journey, I've realized that um, most of the pain in Western society comes from the fact that people have lost belief in themselves. That was the root cause of, I spent 30 years playing with depression. And once I realized that um, this lack of self-belief because of the personal work I'd already done, I went back and um, when I asked myself this question, when is my earliest recollection of me stopping believing in myself? And I was about four and a half years old. And I woke up and brushed my teeth and combed my hair and put on my red T-shirt and bounced down to breakfast, feeling very grown up. And mum said, Bobby, go back up and change. Put on your blue T-shirt. So I stood up confused, thinking, well, I love my red T-shirt. But mum's big. Mum's angry. Mum's very violent. And she's mum. So she must be right and I must be wrong. And that's the first recollection I have of stopping believing myself. But it set a pattern. It set a pattern that got compounded by consecutive events until I became a, a total people pleaser. So I spent the first four well, years of my life chopping off yeah. bits of me to fit in with society. And the last uh, 25, gathering all that because now I know that the whole of me, me. is okay. Me. So, yeah, that's yeah. where I'm coming from. All yeah. are equal and all are unique. Definitely. So. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Thank you. I, and I, I appreciate you um, sharing your, your thoughts at this time. I, I just put you on mute. And um, definitely thank you calling from uh, all the way from Queensland. And um, that I appreciate that. So that, that lets us know that um, we're definitely being listened to all over. Um, you definitely said some very um, important statements um, in reference to consciousness, um, your thoughts on religion, um, and I know what you you mentioned um, is a common thing spoken about um, among people, you know, in this day and age about religion. And I'm just giving my my perspective on it to hold that um, mentality. At one time, um, I was definitely at one time in my life very adverse to religion. And I think that religion is a tool, basically. It's a medium. It's a, it's a methodology. Um, and just like any tool, it can be used for good or it can be used for bad. It depends on the person itself. And that's why, you know, we definitely, you know, on this show, Mastermind, we definitely focus on the aspect of um, study of self 
because regardless of what you're into, um, regardless of what you're into, it all revolves around you. You make it what it's worth. Um, that includes the various groups, movements, um, faiths, and whatever, because an organization or a way of life, it can only grow um, in a good way or a bad way, depending on the people who are in it. You know what I'm saying? That that really is what I'm saying. And that's that goes back to what we're talking about with the pros and cons of being woke. And uh, does being woke make you righteous? And we already discussed that. Uh, I'm going to, before I bring Sister Wilhelmina on, um, Brother Sheik, Seven Islam, do you have any, any thoughts on um, what the the caller said? Yes, I do. Um, first and foremost, um, honors and gratitude for sharing your experience and uh, lending us those words of wisdom. And um, I, I I can definitely uh, relate to what he's saying because, first and foremost, when we look at religion, all right, we look at this word religion, and we study it, and we realize it comes from a Latin word, which means, which is spelled R-E-L-I-G-A-R-E, Rigere. And this word means to bind. And the Holy Prophet Noble Juali said that he came to bind us back to our ancient forefathers' divine creed and principles. He also said that his desire, he came to bring us back to the state of mind of our ancient forefathers. Now, mind you, each and every one of us human beings descend from a particular nation of people. And as far as the scriptures that we understand it, it's been stated that every uh, every nation of people will receive their prophet. And their prophet bringing divine instructions, divine creed, religion, was a way for each individual belonging to a particular nation to what? Bind themselves or trace themselves back to their creator. Us as the Asiatic, the fallen sons and daughters of the Asiatic nation here in North America, we have been severed from that tie. We have been severed from what our ancient forefathers brought and taught. We had been stripped of that identity. So through this institution of religion or this body of work which contains the mind and the principles of our ancient forefathers known as Islamism, when that was brought back to us, it innately has tied us back to the train of mind because we also know that thought is the cause of it all. And being that thought is the cause of it all, and this is definitely a mental process we call thought, we have to understand that it is the religion, per se, not what we know it to be today. Because we do know that, as you said, Brother Shem El, that religion has been used as a tool. However, we ourselves are creatures and we are tools. How will these things be used, as you said, whether it's used for good or bad? Now, how will you use right. yourself? How are you using the information that attains to you? Are you using it to free yourself and free those who, who are a part of your nation? Or are you using it to further 
circumscribe yourself and your people. However, however, we understand that these principles of love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice are the greatest principles known to man. So therefore, these principles are universal, which means that as every nation has their perception of their God, these principles remain intact. And this is the science of it, the principle, not the semantics, not the ideologies, but the principle of the matter. And principle is synonymous with law, with the laws that govern a particular thing. So we, the, the, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad said this. He said, you don't judge a religion by its name or by its prophet, but you judge it by its principles, the laws governing the said philosophy. So that's my take on religion because I feel as though in today's society and modern times, we have been strategically led led away from what true religion is. And, you know, 2 Chains has this little thing. He's a, he has true religion or whatever. You got true religion genes, and that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> what I'm talking about is peace. What I'm talking about is the very innate function in which the universe operates upon and our religion is our expression of our acknowledgement of these particular principles. And every nation has their way. So is the question is, is religion being used properly? Is it being is the tool being used for that which it was created for? Upliftment and resurrection. You know, being brought from a dead level to a living perpendicular. You know, so just like a hammer, the most precious, important part about a hammer or any tool is the handle. If you take the hammer and take away the handle, you have no ability to use it. So how are you handling religion? How are you handling the philosophies and the principles in which have been handed to you? And that's the question. There's no problem with religion. It's what's being done with the religion and the principles. Islam? Islam. Islam. And everything you spoke is in, in um truth is in light. And that you know, that goes ties right directly to um the chapter again, forty two, um, in the circle seven, specifically verse seventeen where it says the best things in the hands of a fool may be turned to his destruction. And out of the worst the wise will find means of good. So again, that goes mm. back to what me and you have been, been demonstrating. It is you. It all revolves around you. How yes, you sir. use it, how you handle it will determine the outcome of it because at the end of the day, you know, um, we, are, we are creators. We create our own heaven and hell. Uh, yes, sir. And just by virtue of that reality of alone, coming into knowledge of consciousness, you know, you realize uh, what this is in that, you know, that the um, aspect of how the misusing of what we call consciousness or what have you has been a result of so much infighting um, among the different groups, the movements. You mentioned about the intellectual masturbation. All this has been a cause of it. And um, I'm going to bring... Uh, Sister Wilhelmina Bay back on. I know I had 
I had you off for a minute. Islam, you there? Islam, I'm here. Yeah, so what uh, I just wanted to um, get your take on, you know, what was has been just spoken about. Well, I definitely agree with what he said. Um, everything he said was true. But also with religion, we have to remember that religion today is used to control people. When you come into the Moorish Science Temple of America, you're learning a whole lot more than you learn when you were in church, regardless of what church you go to, Christian church or what have you. And the way I see it is um, us as people, when we're in church, we're going through a process of coming out of that. that um, Because, you know, when you're in church, the pastor kind of controls your narrative. You know, people get caught up in what they hear, whether it's the Nation of Islam, he sounds um, he sounds really good. Farrakhan sounds good, you know, um, when you listen to him. So in his speaking, he controls a certain narrative and how people think and how they see it. He has a large following. And in the Christian community, it's the same thing. It's used to control people to a certain extent. You know, whether to get them to see that, you know, to look outside for God rather than looking in, to not be out there marching versus, you know, stay inside the church because the people of the world, you know, you don't want to mingle with them. So consciousness is the beginning process of, I guess, coming out of the religion that we were taught by our parents because they were taught by their parents and so on and so forth from the place. So like Seven said earlier, you know, we being tied back into our ancient world and coming out of that nature of life and consciousness Indeed. Um, Sister Wilhelmina, I just want to let you know, um, it was kind of breaking up at the end, um, just at the end. I just want to let you know. Um, okay. Okay. But um, definitely, I know my, my brother, um, uh, Sheikh Seven Islam Mel, is going to have to get off the line um, soon. So um, before I continue, um, brother, you, you on? Yes, sir. I'm still on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, um, definitely, I, I want you to get a chance to um, speak a little more, and um, I know you have to get off the call soon. So, uh, um, anything else you want to expound on um, before you before you depart? I'll give you as long. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Honest and gratitude. Um, in the more scientific of America, we're giving a lesson on a ladder that extends from the heart of man to the heart of Allah. And on this ladder is belief, faith, and fruition. And belief is what man thinks perhaps may be true. 
faith is what man knows to be the truth. And fruition is what when man becomes the truth. As we know and have been taught in the more science temple of America that man must be what he knows. However, let's look at that statement. It says belief is what man thinks perhaps may be true. Faith is what man knows to be true. And wishing is what man becomes the truth. So, as I teach in the temple here in Charlotte, that when we read the divine lessons, when when we're reading and studying the divine instructions, we must find ourselves in the lesson. We must find ourselves in the lesson. Meaning, if you cannot find yourself in the lesson, how it applies to you, you have not attained to the lesson. So, therefore, as you said, brother man, it all boils down to you. And you, your thought being the cause of it all. It is stated in the law of attraction that you attract that which you or you place out. So we are seeing that it's you on multiple levels. It's me, it's you, it's them. We are the cause of it. So therefore, our perceptions and the way we view things are what create our heaven and our hell. So, therefore, in the subject of religion, in the subject of consciousness, in the subject of divine instructions, find yourself in the divine instructions. Be conscious of yourself. The part of you that will pass away and the part of you which will not pass away. And find where you stand on the principles and therefore then you have true religion. See, this is about being complete. This is about perfectedness. See, to be perfect means to be complete. So this is about perfectedness and having a well-rounded knowledge, wisdom, and understanding of not only external things, but the inner workings of your being. So once you know yourself, you then attain to the knowledge of God. And you truly understand that you and Allah are one. Islam? Islam. 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 Islam, brother. And I would like, and um, I have to get off right now, so I would like to extend my Islams, my love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice, extend my five and my Islams to all the listeners, and most definitely to yourselves, brother man, and sister Wilhelmina Beck. Thank you again for allowing me on the show, and uh, inshallah, you know, be at the will of Allah, and, and, and be at your will, brother man. Uh, our voice will be heard more on the show. Islam. Islam, Islam brother, gratitude. And peace and love. Peace and love, brother Mary. Peace and love. Islam, praise Allah. Yeah, definitely, that's our brother there. 
Sheik Seven Islam Mill. Um, definitely give give him an honor for getting on the call. Uh, I know he was busy today. Um, he had actually uh, met. Up, I know he met up with um, some of the Hebrew brothers out there in Concord, North Carolina. Mighty Hebrew and some of the other brothers out there. So he, he this is a brother who definitely is about unity. He's definitely about the principles of love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice. He doesn't get on that, um, you know, I'm better than you demonstration, which is why I invited him on the show. You know, this is the second time being on the show, and um, definitely, you know, if everything permits, I definitely, this won't be the last time that he'll be on the show, so definitely I give him honor for what he's what he's um, contributed. And I wanted to, um, at this point in time, um, continue on and speak on some things. He spoke on something really important. I want to talk on that because he talked about the finding yourself in the lesson. And that could be said, you know, about whatever you're into in within consciousness because most of the times when we get into consciousness, it's usually – um, some sort of um, text, context, or some sort of information that we would consider to be dated. Um, meaning, um, if you're a five percenter, you know you you get the lessons. You know the 120. Um, you hear the story about Yakub, uh, this, that, and the third. If you're if you're in more science. You read the Circle Seven, and so you read all the stories, Elihu, Salom, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, if you're Hebrew, Israelite, you you read the Bible. Um, Orthodox Muslim, you read the Quran. Um, if you're into Kemet, you you study the Book of the Dead. You know, the, all the different texts, the um, the negative confessions of my at, so on and so forth. So. All these are considered to be dated texts, right? And we take pride in that. A lot of times, the older the record, the more pride we have in it because it's, we consider it to be ancient, right? Like this is original. And the key to it all is that you have to find yourself in that, in the now, because if you can't find yourself in it or the applicability, how it relates to you now, in the now, because you're in the now. You're not 5,000, 10,000, whatever many years ago. You're not in that time and space. You're in now. And we know that time is an illusion, but you're in the state of now. So if you can't apply it and relate it to now, then it's just a story. And and the unfortunate thing is that a lot of us have not learned to do that, and we get caught up in the stories to the point where we debate stories. We debate past stories. Was Jesus real? Um, you know, did the Moors enslave Africans? You know, was you know was Kemet, you know, really um, the place of civilization, or were they? you know, involved in this type of sexual activity, all type of anything that's now when social media, everything is no holds barred. Did, did we build the pyramids or was it alien? whole bunch of stuff. We get caught in the past. 
so much. Mm-hmm. We get trapped in the time zone. Um, some of us, you know, you can see it in how they dress. You know, people want to dress like they're in 1913 or in 2000 B.C. However, they want to get that, and there's nothing wrong with expressing culture, but some people actually mentally get locked in that time to the point where they're, they fight um, the progression of what's going on now, you know, whether it's via technology or what have you. Well, oh, that's not the way we do it. That's not tradition. And you honor tradition, you honor customs, but in order for every society to advance, there has to be some sort of change, at least in that context. So um, that's definitely something that we have to address. And also, I also wanted to speak about uh, a couple of things. I'm going to get into um, how certain conversations go within conscious community. And I wish the brother was still here. I was going to explain, drop something on him. But um, I've learned in my journey to separate religion from the religious institution. What I mean by that is that, for example, in the Circle 7 it says um, about us giving back church and Christianity, right? It made a distinction between the two, though they are related. And why I say that is because if you look at someone like Marcus Garvey, right, who... uh, Moorish American Muslims um, respect, as well as other people in the conscious community. You know, we give him high respect for the work he's done, but yet it's a known fact that his religious affiliation was Roman Catholicism, right? It's a known fact. Now, that in and of itself, does that make him any less conscious or any less worthy of honor? You know, we can go on and on. I'm just giving that one example. And the reason I give that one example is that if this man was going to this church, and if we know, a lot of us know about what Roman Catholicism teaches, but yet even in that, he was able to organize his people and empower them on a level that transcended all of that, then we realize that, Whatever it was, he found it was it was above and beyond the institution, the institution of the church that he was a part of. And the moment we lock ourselves in to an institution, in other words, our identity is contingent upon the institution only because man is not the body nor the soul, your spirit and a part of the omnipotent, right? So if, you, if you're if you only confining yourself to an institution mentally and spiritually, then then the potencies of, of the omnipotent can't really manifest within you anyway because it's always going to be about um, I do this because this is the way of my church, my temple, my synagogue, whatever have you, or my organization. This is the way. You you confine yourself. That doesn't mean 
you know, disrespect your whatever you're a part of, that means to realize the divine is within you. So whatever divine destiny that you have, you have to fulfill that. You know, Marcus Garvey fulfilled his destiny regardless of the fact that he was a Roman Catholic. You know what I'm saying? That, like, that didn't come... Because if he confined himself mentally to that, then he would have just been on some Hail Mary full of grace and all that stuff. It would That's not in their liberation of a race of people. is not in their canon law. It's not in there. So he went above and beyond that because it was something deep within his spirit that said, look, this is what it's going to be. You know what I'm saying? And that's, that's what I, you know, definitely... Um, advocate, you know, amongst people, you know, regardless of what you choose. I also want to um, speak about um, another record. I, I did say I was going to talk on um, another record um, in addition to the Circle 7. Um, this particular record here, um, you will probably hear me. I'm going to... Um, Mute you, Sister Wilhelmina, um, shortly because um, I heard some background noise. But uh, I'm just going to read this, and I'll bring you back on. But this record, this record here, I have actually had for some years, and it has actually helped me a lot. I've actually had it under different names, and then later on I realized what it was. This is a book. The name of the book is called Meditations and Mantras by Vishnu um, 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 Devananda. And it was actually published in 1978. Um, and like I said, I, I had it for years. And it, when I first had it, it was under um, a different name. And then I realized, you know, the original name of the writing. So the purpose of of what I want to speak on that ties into this aspect of the topic, uh, what we're talking about, why is it but weaker, the pros and cons of being woke, deals with the aspect of the ego. And we spoke about the ego. So I'm going to take this time to actually read um, a section of this book. And um, this this book, um, in addition to Circle 7, has been like one of the best things I could have read. It has helped me tremendously. Uh, again, along with the Circle 7. So I'm just going to read this part. So it says, quote, everyone wants to, be, wants to do his best. Each person would like to think that he is perfect. Yet despite repeated resolutions, every person finds himself so many times being less than what he would like to be. The cause of this predicament is the Sri Sankara, one of the wisest men of all time, stated, in the Vibhi Kachu Damani, quotes, calamity is due to being subject to ego. Bad agonies are due to ego. Desire is due to subjection to ego. There is no greater enemy than ego. This ahamkara is the cause of all bondage and is the chief barrier to the experience of inner reality. And, of course, we know that that inner reality is your higher self. Ego is, it goes on to say, ego is the self-arrogating aspect of the mind. It is the ego which separates the individual from unity with others and within 
okay? And it also goes on to say, within himself, for the ego asserts I-ness. Ahamkara is the greatest obstacle to tranquility, for it is that which occupies the mind with whether we are better or worse, possess more or less, and have greater or lesser power than others. It is attended by desire, pride, anger, delusion, greed and jealousy, lustrous, lust and hatred. The ego is the most difficult aspect of the mind to control, for its nature is such that it deludes even when one is striving to overcome it. Right? And it says it is the very part of the being that would not be controlled. Through meditation, the play of the mind is witnessed. In the early stages, nothing more can be done than to gain understanding as the ego is observed constantly asserting itself. And I'm just going to stop there. And that ties directly into what we were speaking about um, in reference to uh, in the chapter weakness, right, in the aspect of uh things as far as where you seem most weak is where you um where you most weak and that which you seem most strong and that which you glory um glorify the most and in possessing the things that you have. So with this being in the state of consciousness, if you can't get past the state of consciousness to the subconscious, right, which is passing your ego, because consciousness the conscious mind is connected to your ego. That is that which um, deals with your survival on this plane of manifest, the idea that you are an individual. If you can't go past that barrier, then, you know, you're only going to, it's only going to be a superficial conversation where it's like, okay, yeah, we were the first people, we did that, um, you know, I got my chakras, you know, my third eyes open, and, you know, it becomes a, a intellectual glorification of things. So I just wanted to read that passage. I'm going to let uh, Sister Wilhelmina uh, open up the mic again for her. Let me see. All right. Islam. Yeah, so uh, I just wanted your thoughts um, on what I just read. You almost catch me off guard. Um, Were you able to hear what I just read? I didn't catch everything. I was trying to with the phone. Oh, okay. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Well, I, well, just in in a gist, I was I was speaking about the ego, and uh, I'm, I'm I'll just I'll just summarize it. I was reading in the record that um how the ego the ego is that which separates the individual from unity with others and within him or herself because it asserts the I-ness. You know, so it, it it occupies, it's the greatest obstacle to peace because it occupies the mind with whether we're better or worse than others, whether we possess more or less or have greater or lesser powers. You know, and, the, you know, the ego is always attended by desire, pride, you know, all the things of the lower self. And um, so I was just speaking about that as how our egos um, can be our greatest obstacles to true true enlightenment, a true awakening, true consciousness in terms of being one with our higher self. Um, I, I definitely so, agree with yeah. that. Yeah, I definitely Indeed. agree with that. I, I think that's our biggest problem in the Moorish movement. That's why we all can't 
come together. The ego. And right. I, I agree totally. I, I agree totally. One of the things that um, I think we spoke about this at the uh, on the last show was about the unity, and um, mm-hmm. you know, the biggest obstacle has been the ego. Um, and, and the ego, really, like I said, and I alluded to it um, in the last show, is it starts first with disunity within yourself. You know, you mm-hmm. the person who is usually the person who who argues the most or the loudest <clears throat> or always has you know an opinion to assert that's that's a re, that's a manifestation of ego because mm-hmm. we always deal with the i you know what I'm saying and the i is excuse me the i is the separation between you and all life life is bound by by one cord Right, so there is an interconnect interconnectedness of life, you know, regardless of what you think and in your opinion, et cetera. There's an interconnectedness of life, and even when we think about the internet, interconnectedness, the internet, the inter the internet is a is a reflection or a manifest of that interconnectedness because right now, you know, we have people listening from all over. You know, we just had. Um, a caller speak um, from Queensland, you know, mm-hmm. all over, all over the world, people are listening. So it's not us, you know, being in a little box anymore, right? There's a stream of consciousness going throughout the world, right? Yeah. People of all backgrounds. And the reality of it is with that realization, you know, we have to realize that we're just not, you know, you're just not by yourself. However, when people come into consciousness of whatever whatever group or whatever ideology you, you come from, whatever angle, whatever perspective you come from, there's a tendency to make your perspective the perspective in your mind that you have to um, have others agree with, or there's an issue, you know. That, and then so, so for example, in the Moorish Divine National Movement, right, there's a unity summit, you know, and then people are arguing about the flag, where, which way the flags go, something, something like that. You follow? That's, that's where it gets, it gets down to that menial, trivial demonstration of that arguing about a flag or arguing about whether the eel in the bay is hyphenated or it's not hyphenated. You see how how minuscule it gets? That's oh, yeah. that's and it becomes that becomes the big argument. That's the that's what the problem is. The problem is not the disagreement. It becomes the big argument where people's emotions get evolved. And then it comes on the pretense that whatever that argument is, the person who argues it does it from the, the stance of, you know, I, you know, this is how such and such wanted it to be, as if they're, they somehow have a personal connection with whoever founded the movement or the organization or, you know, whatever it is. 
Like they have, they their closest. It's ego. It's a confession mm-hmm. that you trying to convince others that yeah, I have the best understanding, or I'm closest to this person who started it all. I figured it out. You know, it's stroking your ego at the end of the day, right? Yeah. When mm-hmm. in chapter nine it says we're all broken blades, so this is this is where. This is where it all gets um, all gets messy, you know. And then we, you know, then when you add to, the, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The thing I, I'm, Michael X is one of the people I love to listen to, and one of his famous things he always used to say is that learning is a forever continuing process. You know, you never stop learning. Once you think you know everything, you're dead because you're not allowing any more knowledge to enter into you. I'm still learning, and we're all still learning about ourselves and the creator. And once somebody thinks they have it all, they have all the knowledge, that's the person you've got to stay away from because they're dead. They're not open to hearing anything else, and that becomes dangerous. And that's, you know, that's a problem within our, you know, within our movement. Like you were saying, someone thinks they have, you know, the knowledge because they were close to this person and yada yada. But I think it was broken up into many different pieces, and we can all learn from each other. And I'm and in spirit, we should be able to discern what's right and what's wrong, you know. But learning is yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And, um, yeah, I, I definitely understand what you're saying. Um, I Again, Sister Wilhelmina, I don't know if there's anything you could do with your your phone or your, your line. I know you, you came in through the link. But um, yeah. it, it's still a little choppy. Um, so I just want to give you the heads up. But um, I may, yeah, I may far, have to reboot my computer, so I may lose you for a second. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. If um, if you disconnect um and come back on, that's fine. Um, yeah, I definitely. I just look for for your um for your name to pop up, and I'll just open your mic up. Uh, okay. But yeah. So yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that definitely all comes into play when we're dealing with um, this level of consciousness, this um, this journey that we're on. You have to grow. You know, you have to constantly grow because, as we're taught in in um, chapter one of the Circle Seven, you know, there's a multitude of lessons. There's a multitude of lessons to learn on the plane of soul. So, you know, good and well, you know, that, you know, when you just come into this, you're not, you haven't learned all the lessons that need to be learned on the plane of manifest. You know, as long as you're living here, you should be learning, period. And you should want to learn as much as you should never think that you know it all. It's like there's a Sufi saying, I always go by, you know, and all you know, you and all I know, I know nothing at all. 
So don't, no one and no one knows less than one who knows it all. You know what I'm saying? Than a know it all. Because the know it all really the fact that they say that they know it all means they don't really know much. Um and then when you get into the level of the arguing and the debating of it, and then when you a lot of times it becomes a cover up I've come to um I come to find out with a lot of people in this movement, not everybody, but a lot, those who argue a lot, it becomes a cover-up for their shortcomings or their their ways that they got, you know. You'll, you'll have people who, and I'm talking this to the brothers now, um, you'll have people who come at you, try to drop knowledge on you, you know, um, and be on some, yeah, brother, you know, as if they're your brother, but on the, on the slick, they're trying to holler at your, your wife. They're trying to holler at your mate, you know, because they really think they're so intelligent that they can hit the intellectual game that as long as they got an audience, that they can captivate you and then on the, on the slide do their little slick devilishment. You got people like that I've seen or talk you, try to talk you out of your money. I've seen dudes, I've seen dudes with this mentality. I've seen them. You know, this is the level that it gets on. Um, you know, we, we've had people call us at our temple, you know, and not getting specific and telling people names who have cried to us about, you know, being scammed, pretense that they were, you know, the people who they were dealing with um, had information that was going to help them. And that in order for them to help them, they got to kick out so many hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars on that. You know, it it becomes amazing. I saw a video, and I'm not going to give the details as far as specifically who who it was and what organization they were part of. But there's a video out on YouTube of a brother, a young brother out of Chicago, and he was talking about how when he was part of one organization, you know, he was defending that organization, the teachings, the teacher, the leader, and all this other stuff to the point where he was, as he put it, putting guns in niggas' faces. Those were, those were his words, right? And then, in the same breath, talk bad about that organization and saying, oh, they don't have the truth, you know. And he was flashing his gun in the video, by the way. And, you know, oh, they ain't nothing, but they were punks. They ain't really do it right. And, you know, they were weak. But then arguing them and saying how that, you know, their leader ain't right, the teachings ain't right, and all this other stuff. And then it comes, and I came to realize he wasn't putting guns in people's faces to defend any organization or any teacher or any teaching. He was putting guns in people's faces because he liked to put guns in people's faces. That was his nature. You follow? So it, it had nothing to do, he wasn't doing anything honorable. And these are things he said out of his mouth. This is the actual YouTube video, if it's still up there. Uh, 
I've seen it recently, so it should still be up there. Um, but that's to let you know the level. These are people who say they're conscious, people who say they're woke, you know. And you know he wasn't, he was doing that at his own people, you know, people who look like him. I guarantee you he was putting the gun up to somebody who looked like they they were part of his family. It was a family member. He wasn't doing it to anybody who didn't look like they were related, if you know what I mean. So that was, and that goes back to what Sister Wilhelmina was talking about, the level of how we act to one group of people, to our own and not to others, and things of that nature. These are people in the conscious community. Um, we've heard the situations, for example, I'll give you names, Supreme from Queens, um, the guy God, they call God from Queens, who uh, ran a drug ring in Baltimore, not Baltimore, Boston, and they did the movie on him called Into Deep. You know, these were guys who were part of the nation of gods and earths. Story has it, you know. And we know the nation of gods and earths give honors, peace to the gods and earths, five nation. You know, I know good brothers out there, good sisters out there, but these were people who were part of that movement, and they did some treacherous things, allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly, they did some treacherous things. You know, you can read the um, read books and um, stories on Brothers Inc. out of Philadelphia. And there's more and more. You know, there's a host of different things. So that goes back to our first question: Does being woke make you righteous? No, it don't. It don't make you righteous. Um, again, if you if you a lot of times consciousness amplifies whatever your nature is because it feeds the ego of your knowledge. And if you're, and you're a wicked dude and you're, you know what I'm saying, you're a treacherous person, you can intellectualize and justify that through the, through the information you have. You know, a lot of people use, use twisted logic. And the more you know, the more information you have, the more it feeds into your twisted logic. Um, that's something that, we don't realize as a people. So you always, at the end of the day, as my brother said earlier, you got to work on yourself. You have to use the tools of the workshop of the mind. And in using the tools of the workshop of the mind, develop yourself so that consciousness and being woke is not just a term. It's just not, it's not a fad. It's just not a, a thing. Because I've seen people get into consciousness and get out of consciousness. And I don't mean by getting out of consciousness by, you know, um, being knocked out. I mean, like, literally, they go back into the ways of being the average person. You know, literally, like, they have nothing to do with anything. They don't want anything to do with anything conscious. Inconstancy, right, which is a, 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 which is a weakness in our people in general, you know, you know in the movement. Uh, the Morris Divine Movement, we have a term called temple hopping, you know, where people hop from one temple to another or one grand body to another. You know, it's all people hop within from one group within a movement to another group within a movement. We see it on on the YouTube videos. First they cool with somebody, then they're not cool, then they cool again, 
you know, inconstancy. This is conscious people that are doing it, so-called. So it's definitely something that um, we have to continue to um, look into as something that we have to work on. So, um, okay, Sister Wilhelmina? That's fine. Are you there? Okay. Does it sound better? I see you got back on. Oh, you sound much better. You sound crystal clear. Okay. Crystal clear. Yep. So um, Mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on what, what I just said? I heard the ending of it about the inconstancy of our people, the ones that one minute they're they're good with each other, and the next minute they're not. That's yes. what you were talking yes. about. Yeah, so I was, I was talking about yeah how people's character, um, people being because um, one of the questions is asked is why is there so much inconstancy among people who are woke, and I was um, addressing the aspect of you know, how people in this movement, because it deals with the with the ego, right? Um, and I mentioned also about a video. There's a video out there, and like I said, I wasn't going to give the name of the person or the name of the organization that he was a part of and was talking about, but he was from Chicago, a young brother from Chicago. Uh, he was flashing his gun. He was saying how, you know, basically in so many words, he was, when he was in this group, he was defending it to the point, in his words, uh, to the point where, in his words, he was putting guns in niggas' faces. That's the term he used. So he was, like, uh-huh. basically saying that he was out there defending it to the utmost. Like, he defended this more than anybody else. He was defending the teaching, the leader, everything. And then now he's no longer a part of it, and now he has negative things to talk about that. But I was saying is that that's not him. He wasn't doing it for anything noble. He was doing it because he likes to do that. He likes, you know, it was part of his nature to want to put a gun in somebody's face. And I was saying that was, um, and I can guarantee you the person that he put it, the face he put it under, looked like somebody who was in his family, you know. Didn't look like another group of people. So that Mm -hmm. was a testament to what you, you were saying earlier about how some of us, will go hard amongst our own people, but when it comes to other groups of people, they won't do that. So, um, but it was it was just a thing of the nature where I've seen so many times people, they are, in their mind, they invest themselves to an idea. And that goes mm-hmm. back to... Um, that part in the circle seven, and I want to actually go there, and I want to make sure I read it correctly. I want to make sure I read the, um, there it goes, chapter 10. Chapter 10, verse 16. It says, a man's ideal is his God. And so as man unfolds, his God unfolds. Man's God today Tomorrow is not God, right? Mm-hmm. So, so when we think of ideal, ideal means that which we see as the epitome or, or perfection, that which is the preferred state. So, let's say we're going to use an example. 
let's say you're in persons in the Moore Science Temple of America, and they are, you know, they're all pro noble Durali, Prophet Noble Durali, um, Holy Quran and Moore Science Temple of America, you know, everything. Moore's literature, Moore's questionnaire, you know, they have the flag, got the says, whatever. They everything, their whole language is Moorish. And then at some point in time they get um what's the term I want to use? They get dissatisfied. They become dissatisfied and um for whatever reason and they say, Well, you know what to get them. You know, I found a new way of life. You know, I'm a Hebrew Israelite. And then and now in them being a Hebrew Israelite, they're so adamant about attacking the Moors. You know. Or whatever, whatever. Yeah. You know, we get any scenario. Just just I'm just using that as a as an example. Yeah. It's actually pretty sad. And it's all mental. It's a, some form of mental slavery. Um Right. To a to a great degree that, you know, some people aren't man enough or woman enough to admit when they're wrong or if they did something wrong or just fess up and say, hey, you know, I did something wrong. Let's start this over. You don't have people that want to do that. So I don't know. It's, it's kind of difficult when it comes to people because there's a mixed bag of people out there that most, you know, are all about self, don't care about anybody, just care about what they want, what they're trying to get, what they're trying to prove. And Unfortunately, the way how it goes is uh, the people that are speaking half-truth, partial truth, have a huge following. And the people that are actually speaking the truth, not many people are hearing what they're saying or thinking negative about them. So it's just so many different things going on up there. If we start picking at the different things of why our people are so inconsistent with each other. You have mental slavery. You have people that um, COINTELPRO that come in and cause that mischief. Then you have people that are selfish. And then you just have a whole mixed bag of everything out there. So our people are bombarded with so much different information. And some people sound more convincing than others that... You know, sometimes the lie sounds better than the truth. So in the whole consciousness movement, you know, you sit back and you watch and you see, you hear what they talk about. You hear the arguments and you hear people just jumping in on it. It's just so much information. And sometimes it makes you wonder, is that a really good thing or is that a bad thing? Because there's a lot of lies mixed in with the truth. You know, and then the people that yeah. think they have the truth don't really have it, depending on where they're getting their information from. So it's just so much. And so much when it comes to consciousness and waking up and com- coming out of the slumber. Because I, from, for one, myself, I've been studying for many years, you know, but happen to get information from a wrong group, you know, and 
I was open to hearing the truth when I came to the temple. And it was easy for me to, to discern what wasn't true and what was. And I think it takes Indeed. people to, to um, admit, hey, I started down this path, but I realized it's the wrong path. And most of the time in getting help or fixing a situation is just admitting that, hey, I made a mistake. I, you know, let's do this over. Right. And that, that takes reflection. Um, mm-hmm. Reflection is the business of man. You have to be able to reflect upon yourself and where you're at in life. That's the key. Um, and I just want to make those those statements because I know we're going to come to a close soon. Um, consciousness is not a bad thing, and I, no. I want to make it clear to everybody that we're not, you know, dogging. We're not trying to dog um, people who are woke or claim to be woke. We're just giving insight to the reality that um, woke is a is a stage. Being woke, and what a lot of people call being woke, that's just a, a stage, mm-hmm. and that's actually a a initial stage, an early stage in your yep. development. And unless you apply reflection, meditation, and basically um, working on yourself, studying of your then it will not, you know, you'll stay stuck at that stage, and you want to grow. Um, I also want to conclude with the last verse of the chapter on weakness, um, 42. Truth is but one, thy doubts are thine own raising. He who made virtues what they are, planted in thee a knowledge of their preeminence. Act as thy soul dictates to thee, and the end shall be always right. So realize, again, truth is but one, and your doubts are your own raising. So we always have to deal with truth, um, and truth is art. Um, man, he knows truth and falsehood strangely mixed. And what mm-hmm. we want to do is always be in tune with truth. Um so with that, I thank each and every one of you um, who who called in, listened, um, and even those who listened online that were on the chat, contributed on the chat as well. Um, you know, hopefully we'll be able to do this again. And I want to uh, honest to you, Sister Wilhelmina, for getting on. And uh, with you. that, we're going to end the show uh, with – I'm Sam Cook. Peace and love. Peace and love. Like the river I
But I know 